Well, hey, and welcome to episode 44 of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krismer, and we're so glad you're here. Well, on today's episode of the show, we get to hear of all of the most impactful moments from this series through the book of Romans. I'll be honest, I'm I'm really, really encouraged by the over 30 people who reached out and shared some of the things that they've been able to implement, some of the ways that the the gospel for everyone shared through the book of Romans over the course of this 10-week series has impacted their lives directly. And our hope for this episode is that you would be continually encouraged by those very truths as well. As always, if you've not yet listened to the message from Sunday, I do encourage you to pause now and do that before continuing on, as it's going to help this episode make much more sense to you. And without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, good morning. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. So for those of you who were expecting the podcast to drop yesterday, because I'm guessing you're going to be listening to this Wednesday, it did not. It didn't. (laughs) Don't think we forgot about you. No. I know there was a lot of anticipation for this one. No, Monday was a holiday. It was a holiday. Yep. It was great. Our newest bank holiday, right? Our newest bank holiday. Yeah. So we got to celebrate as a team Juneteenth yesterday and- Uh, yeah, so we're here chatting today on a Tuesday rather than a Monday, which is fun, which is good for me because I needed the day off. I'm not feeling super well, so mm, I'm sure it's yeah. coming across in my voice that, yeah. uh, yeah, it's been a rough weekend. Hey, Brendan, how'd you me. spend your uh, Father's Day? Yeah, laying on my couch, feverish <laughs> mostly. Really? That's, oh, yeah, it was not good. So Saturday, we hung out. It, it was weird. So on Friday, well, let me back up to Wednesday because here's, here's how my week, here's <laughs> here how my week goes. <laughs> on Wednesday... Uh, I got my my weekend off to a good start by getting a little overly uh, competitive in our co-ed softball, rounding first, sliding into second base with basketball shorts on. So I tore up my all like half the skin off my right leg and sprained my wrist. So that was the, the start <laughs> to the weekend. I think we need to emphasize again. Co-ed softball. Yes, a little co-ed. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to go there, Jason. Do we? <laughs> we want to start sharing co-ed softball or, or slow pitch softball stories. Yeah, but not co-ed. Co-ed's okay. a different thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's not go there for your sake. Um, so that was my Wednesday. Thursday, I was sore and still partially bleeding from that. Friday, I went out climbing on the way out. I was like, oh man, I'm not feeling great. Like just getting really fatigued and, and whatever. I get back home and fall asleep for like an hour on the couch. And I wake up and I was like, yeah, I'm really not feeling super well. So anytime I get sick, I, I started just feeling like I had a head cold. Anytime I get sick, it turns into a sinus infection almost immediately. So that's what happens. On Saturday, we've got uh, one of the guys in our church for the last couple of years has kind of spearheaded this uh, Saturday before Father's Day. Uh hang out with a bunch of the guys on staff and our kids. We've, got, we've all got a bunch of boys. And so we took, you know, Garrett's, my family, a couple other families, took our boys up to Williams to go frog hunting and BB gun shooting and just spend a day out in the woods. 
So we did that on uh, Saturday and I was feeling okay. I sounded terrible, but I was feeling okay. Most of the day on Saturday, uh, drove back to Prescott. And by the time I got home, I was like, oh man, I'm not feeling well. So I ended up going to bed at like, I think I fell asleep at seven or maybe 7.30 and slept until my alarm went off for Sunday morning, which is usually around five. My alarm goes off and I woke up and I was like, ah, this isn't it. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to make it today. So I ended up taking a sick day on Sunday, laying on the couch all day with a fever and just a nasty cough and chest thing. And then uh, by the end of the day, Sunday, I started feeling quite a bit better. The fever broke. Um, But now I'm in the aftermath of all of that. So it's like the coughing and sniffling and all that stuff. So yeah, that was my Father's Day weekend. Had a great time. (laughs) What about you guys? Um, I worked on tile, so tearing out some nasty carpet in our house and just did tile all weekend. So not great. No, no fun. If anybody does tile, then good on you. I, it's a tedious, slow process. So that's all I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturday obviously went up with all the boys and then Saturday night, uh, one of my kids, Silas, he won free Wranglers tickets probably a month ago. So we did this event at the Y, and everybody got a raffle ticket, and he won. So we had two tickets, me and him, Saturday night. So we hustle at home um, Saturday, go to this football game, and I'm <clears throat> I'm pretty exhausted as well. I'm not sick, but I'm like, man, oh, this I picked a t- what what timing? What was wrong with me? Um, and the, so, but we went to the game. It was fun. Just me and him got to go trying to find those moments when you have multiple kids of just hanging out with one of them, um, is always interesting. And they always, uh, they always are like, I want to go, I want to go. And I was like, no, it's just me and him going just me inside. So we went, had a blast, got to, uh, watch a little indoor football. The team is not that good this year though. So the game was not like awesome. Uh, and then Sunday, we typically don't like to do much after church because we have young kids and they need a nap, especially my two-year-old. So we we did the whole nap thing, and then we went out to eat at like four thirty, like a grand, a lot of grandparents. I <laughs> uh, went to the liquor deli and ate. So um, that was Father's Day, and then yesterday it was like a true day off. I didn't have kids at home because they had camp and they had the, you know normal daycare. So life for them was normal. So this is the first time I've had just like a legitimate, oh, this is uh, a day off, just me. Since I think we did this, we got a Monday off after Easter. So it was a true Sabbath. Like I didn't, you know, I enjoyed and just delighted in the Lord and hung out. Um, I didn't tile, I rested. So <laughs> hopefully I'm recovered. Because I know we got a busy week ahead. There's a lot of stuff going on for us as a team. Uh, this week and weekend, so I uh, didn't want to. I wanted to rest, and so I try to take advantage of those days and rest. It's good for you. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, just checking. Just, <laughs> just reminding. Just reminding you. But it was good. It's good weekend. Good. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, we're wrapping up Romans. We're done with. We're Mexicans. done with Romans. Woo! Actually. 
Well, we're done with the messages. This is the official. I think this is the official ending. This don't we have one right of those? Now. Don't we have the clapper thing over there uh, on the buttons? Uh, let's see Go if ahead, I can pick the right it. one. Yeah. First try. Yeah, first try. First try. There Woo. we go. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, I also actually just found out that uh, I can hook up to the Bluetooth on this thing that we're recording on right now, so I can just play stuff from my computer directly to it. Nice. We've been 44 weeks into this podcast, and I, today is the first day that I learned that. We're so, learning new things. We are. Uh, so, man, on Sunday... You know, the wrap-up to this whole thing is mostly just us wanting to share in the encouragement um, from you all, uh, listeners, to the podcast of some of the things that really stood out as highly impactful for you throughout the course of this series. So I know Jason posed uh, the challenge just to, hey, submit through the app some of the, the practices or messages or texts that have been most impactful over the course of the series. So uh, you guys responded quite well. We've got 30 some odd uh, people that reached out with thoughts and and things that really stood out to them. So today we're going to spend the bulk of our time just going through uh, going through these things, the, um, the practices or the messages or texts that really have impacted you throughout the course of the series. And hopefully at the end of the day, we're all really encouraged by this. Um, by being able to walk through some of the things that um, hopefully we can carry on for years, right? I know a lot of times we do something like this and then we remember it for like a few weeks until we're on to the next thing. But I think the hope for all of us is that these impacts would be reminded, like we would be reminded of them regularly um, and be able to hold hold on to them as biblical truths. So uh, before we dive into these, anything you guys want to add? Uh, no, it was exciting to see so many people respond. So I'm grateful for that. And it, it's been super cool to see and hear how these texts and messages have impacted people. So I'm like you, I just hope it produces fruit for months and years to come. Um, I'll just jump off and say, you know, one of my favorite parts of this whole series, I was pretty hesitant in doing this series from the beginning, but I think one of the things that I enjoy, there's a whole handful and I'm sure we'll throw some more of them out there. But one of them for me is we all know so many of these, what I call coffee, coffee cup verses out of the book of Romans. You know, these verses that we put on coffee cups or posters or bookmarks or whatever the thing is. And for me, putting them all in the context of Paul writing this letter to these people and seeing how all of these pieces in part fit together to create one gospel story that Paul is trying to play. I think even just studying and preaching through it myself, I just came away with a better understanding and appreciation of the letter as a whole. And uh, that for sure is something I'm going to be taking with me. Yeah, I agree. That's really good. Yeah. I uh I told Jason Sunday, uh, we were sitting there before church started, and I was like, Were you like driving in today? Were you a little like sad? Like it's it's ending. Yeah. Like a little grief, right? Like all this work and time and like, you know, all of the things that we've been doing for this, again, for us have been working on it since really this time last year. Yeah. Um, and maybe even before that, yeah. just prepping and preparing and getting ready for it. Um, 
So there was a little bit of that, right? A little, mm-hmm. me and Anthony were talking about it too backstage uh, during one of the services, uh, I think 11. Uh, it just like, oh man, it's over. <laughs> like, like in a, oh, like a sad way. Like yeah. it really has been really cool. I think my favorite moment, man, by far is, and we weren't even here, but it was, uh, we were traveling back home somewhere in New Mexico and it was the Sunday we preached on baptism. And to see all of those people just keep coming forward and to feel connected and to just know, like, again, we, like, the leading up to that, like, hey, how are we going to do this? We want to just, again, preach the scriptures. You know, we always hope people come forward, but you never know. Yeah. And to see the range of people who just said, man, I want to do this. Again, we weren't even in the building for that weekend. We were driving back from a funeral. Um, Like, I'll never forget that. Again, how cool that was to watch what God did. And then to hear this Sunday, again, over the whole series, like 103 people were baptized during this time, Mm -hmm. right? That's that's lives of obedience. That's change. That's family. You know, the story of a guy a couple weeks ago and then his friend sharing, like, no, man, like how big a deal that was, right? Just because, again, we just kept preaching the word. Mm -hmm. So that's been my favorite thing through this series is – being reminded of the power in God's word when you just throw it out there and it doesn't come back void, right? And you don't ever know like what it's doing. And like you said, which I, well, I love this, that we get to actually tangibly see some better because mm-hmm. we did see the more. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, and I don't ever want to forget that. I never want to lose sight of making new disciples. Is helping people be obedient. And the conversations that we've got to have as pastors over the past 10 months has been really awesome. Yeah, it's good. That's really good. Well, let's, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it's going to be a lot of that today. Let's, um, well, let's jump in. I just want to start hitting on some of these responses. Again, we just want to be able to share in the encouragement that this series has been for all of us. Um, so Josh, which, which of these ones started standing out to you as you started looking through them? Uh, yeah, I have one from a couple, Matt, Maggie, um, Matt said perseverance, like the whole concept of it that you cannot be once and done, but must persevere, uh, through everyday life. And then Maggie, she had a couple, um, Jesus uses people to save people that we should not ask for God to save someone, but pray that he gives us an opportunity to witness. Uh, talked about unity over my freedoms. Uh, I love this, right? This is such a big thing Jason's always talking about, that I need to have a healthy fear of God. I can always think of God as loving as well as just judge, but I realize I don't truly have a biblical fear of him. And then just said, working on this. Um and then number four, believe like God is sovereign over everything and behave like we are responsible for it all. It settles the question for me, who is responsible, which is so cool because that was a piece that we were walking into going, oh. It's a big question. It's a big question. And we just didn't want to be divisive and just openly and honestly. Um, and I know people were waiting for that sermon. Yeah. Like, what is Jason going to do? Like, Where is he going? We got questions for that sermon week one. <laughs> hey, how are, week, yeah. how are you going to approach this yeah. eight and a half chapters later, nine chapters later? Yeah. 
It's like, and I think we wait. said at the time, uh, give us a year. We'll figure that we'll figure out. That out. Yeah, yeah, we're not there yet. And we didn't come anywhere except the, this is what the text says, and we're yeah. okay with that. Yeah. yeah. So just that honesty, right? To hear that's what other people walking away with too is going, yeah, I think that's where we're at too as a team. So that was a cool, that was a cool one for me. Yeah, that's really cool. We had about seven. Uh, I just went through this morning and was trying to find some of the similarities because we know that there are things that stand out to large groups of people and that sort of thing. And it might be a little bit of recency bias since this is one of the big topics that we hit yeah. most recently, but we had seven separate uh, um, write-ins about this idea of the disputable versus the indisputable matters. And I, I think that's really powerful because it's something that stood out to me too, right? Like that was one of my favorite conversations we all got to have throughout the course of this Serious is this idea of, hey, close-handed, open-handed, how do we uh, land on the difference between the two and how do we approach those conversations? And Josh, you had mentioned even this morning before we started recording how I think it stands out because it is so countercultural. Like it is so far beyond our culture of just wanting to put a, a flag in the ground for whatever side we're on and stick to it and and cause division and be divisive around the things that we think are true. But I loved being able to exist within this gray area of, right, disputable matters that you and I can worship together and disagree on simultaneously. Like those two things can coexist. So we had, I mean, seven people. I think of Kevin and Adam and uh, Cal had to write in about that. Uh, Peggy, Melody, uh, trying to think of who else. Matea. Oh, big shout out to two of these really quick. Matea and Connor. We had two students from our student ministry write in. Uh, they're both high school students write in their two answers. And I just thought that was super cool to see that engagement at that level. Uh, Matea was one of them who uh, wrote in about the impacts of the differences between disputable and indisputable matters. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Denise as well was the last one. So I just thought it was cool. That was a cool through line for seven of these 30 plus responses were, were at least geared in that direction. And I love that. Yeah. Just to give an example of that, I was looking at Cal's as well. So Cal wrote disputable versus indisputable matters. Learned what to do when not everybody believes like me. If God accepts all, why should we judge others? Like there's this whole, and I can't remember which one, but somebody else, and maybe you remember this one specifically, talked about, um, oh, now I've just lost it. On this same vein of what to do, like the verse that it says, so just keep these matters between yourself and God. Yeah, so that's Adam. He references that that Romans 14, 22. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself uh, by what he approves. I mean, imagine if we legit put that into practice, what a difference it would make. Like if we just stopped fighting about things that are disputable and just keep it between you and God. That's That's who needs to know. Not everybody needs to know all the things that you believe. That's not that important. So- uh, thanks, Adam, for writing that in. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, here's another one that I thought <clears throat> was quite cool. Uh, this one came from Gary, and it was just uh, this idea of being more specific and intentional towards repentance. He had just noted, uh, here's here's what he said, instead of praying or instead of uh, a weak prayer of, I had a bad day and said some things, dot, dot, dot. It turned into like just a very specific prayer about the the ways that I needed to repent. Um, 
uh, of what I had done. So, uh, I just thought that was a cool step in the right direction around just being very specific and clear with our repentance. And when we do something right, calling out that specific sin in our life and trying to put that to death. I thought that was a really cool response. Yeah, that's great. Let me throw out one here uh, from Larry. I'll just read it and then we'll chat through it here for just a second. Larry wrote, I was hurt and bitter regarding the sudden absence of a couple from our life group. I was burdened and I met with Josh to discuss my feelings. I became bitter and intentionally avoided this couple at church for months. Like that's heartbreaking. Josh preached the message from Romans 13 about love should be our continual debt debt to each other. The Holy Spirit used this message to humble me and approach this couple one-on-one. During these conversations, I set aside my false assumptions and pride, and I learned the truth about their circumstances and the difficult decision. We ask each other for forgiveness, and we've reestablished our friendship and fellowship. To God be the glory. To that, I would say amen. So God took this text of Romans 13 that Josh uses about teaching us about loving each other and what that looks like in the midst of the church. And somebody goes and puts it into practice and a restoration is created in that relationship. So big shout out for actually being obedient to the text and shout out to you, Josh, for being used of God to help bring about restoration in, in a couple of people in our church. So that's powerful. That's really cool. You know, that unity piece, oh, that is so cool when we actually do. And we talk about forgiveness and reconciliation a lot as like something we have to do and how many of us don't do it. So to, to hear that when people do it, and it's yeah. hard. Yeah. If you've ever done it, it's a really, really hard thing. I know we talked about that in some of the beginning stuff of reconciliation and forgiveness, this obedience, doing the hard things. Um, a lot of call to obedience stuff in the very beginning. Uh, one of the ones that stuck out to me, uh, Catherine said, uh, she said, not just one moment, she said there are far too many to recount. That she's done a few Roman series over the years, but this was so deep, wide, high, long, and profound. Historically, this study brought lots of new information to me. I think the bad news section was my favorite. <laughs> there were a few of those, I too. love yeah, that, right? That was a through line as well. Not a quick gloss over our unrighteousness. I often forget just how sinful and prone to wonder am I. Spending time, in parentheses, lots of it, hearing just how bad I am has led to a deeper, wider, higher, and profound gratefulness for salvation. Again, if you were here in the beginning, it was weeks upon weeks upon weeks and the heaviness that we felt of that. But it it did make the end of the book so much more profound. Yeah. So um, shout out to Catherine being willing to say the bad news was her favorite section. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, here's a really cool one that I just saw, and it's another shout out. There were a few of these for you, Josh. Uh, on your your message in Romans 13. Uh, here's the one. The one thing that really stuck out to me was Josh's sermon from Romans 13, 10, when he emphasized um, to not share the gospel would be to act without love. It made me realize that as, a, or as our culture shifts away from Christ, it isn't Christians that are being hurt, but rather those who don't yet know Christ and may not be brought into him. Mm. The thing that stood out about this one to me is I do, I agree with him. I think oftentimes as followers of Jesus, it's really easy to think 
that as culture shifts further and further away from biblical values and that sort of thing, that like we're the ones that are losing as a result of that. Like there's going to be some sort of uh, like our persecution in the midst of that is the most important thing when the reality is like we will be affected by it. But the most important thing is like, man, how are people going to come to know of a saving faith in Jesus? And that being the very most important thing at the end of the day. So I just loved that distinction by, uh, by Jake who wrote in. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I just lost it here. Let me see where where did it go. The other through line that just that popped up quite a bit um, was around a quote we used early on mm. related to Tim Keller, uh, who just passed away about a month ago, I think. But we we used this quote early on, and so uh, here's. Joe writing about it. Uh, Joe Wright, for sure, Tim, Tim Keller's quote sums up the series and the gospel as well as anything. And here's the quote. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dared hope. Joe continues, I think the dual reality of mourning sin in myself and those around me and simultaneously experiencing the deep joy of the power, love, and trustworthiness of Jesus to save us from ourselves was the, was the powerful message of Romans. The bad news was like hiking a seemingly endless uphill trail, painful and necessary to grasp the depth of the gospel. And I think he's so right. And then he adds a little. I was going to say, you're not going to keep reading? <laughs> <laughs> and then he wrote, catching Jason before he hurt himself was not my favorite moment of the series, but it was certainly eye-opening. So thanks, <laughs> Joe. Shout out for that. But he's right. And uh, we talked about that. Somebody else wrote in kind of the same idea that until we begin to feel the full weight and consequences of our sin, we'll never appreciate the glory of the gospel. You do that endless, terrible, uphill hike but when you're done, you get to see on the mountaintop and a glory and splendor lays out before you that you could never see if you don't make the climb. So uh, thanks, Joe, for for pointing us back to Tim Keller's quote. It is so powerful, um, and it's it's worth all of us remembering. Uh, one here from Teresa uh, says, Jason and staff, my husband and I look forward each Sunday as Jason and his staff took us through the book of Romans and said we didn't miss a week. Now, shout out. That that's, deserves a, that's an applause. That is a big deal. That's the, yes, shout out to you. We had another guy too, didn't we? We had another guy came up to his pastor's point. He said, said he missed one. one. He said they had missed one in, week. In the seats. for That's incredible. And I'm sure yeah. there was more, right? Um, but she kept going and said, there's so much to learn and apply in our everyday life that it's difficult to pin down one thing. Again, we appreciate the line-by-line teaching, the good as well as the hard. The thing that she then says, the call on Paul's life to take the gospel to everyone makes me appreciate my salvation all the more and to have the boldness in telling others about the love for Christ. Um, so really cool. She even says that she's now leading and teaching uh, a ladies group and they're going through the book of Romans. So they just can't get enough of it. They're doing more of it. Um, and I just love, she said her favorite verse is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And that was a big heart for us, even as we wrestled in what to call this series, 
right? And there was yeah. a light bulb moment. I know Jason kind of went, it's the gospel for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did, and that's what we preached. So it's really cool to, to see that. But I love that you do get to see Paul's life in this, and you do get to see how much he sacrificed. Even you drawing that map two weeks ago, or you had the map up there yeah. and all the places. Like you, we read about it in the Bible, and we don't realize how far apart they are. And like the journey that he got to and the desperation to get to Rome and then Rome and then to Spain, like what he sacrificed so that people could know the good news, Hmm. man is incredibly humbling and convicting. Yeah. You know, um, like we won't go knock on our neighbor's door sometimes. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like this, even this week talking about the story of Jason and Acts, right? Like, dude, is putting his life on the line for Paul and them, yeah, so that they could keep sharing the gospel. Yeah. I'll I'll pay for him. Yeah, I'll I'll go in debt for that. Yeah. Yep. You know, just the the people in the story um, for that. So really cool reminder. So thanks for sharing that, Teresa. Yeah, here's a really cool, uh, simple but very cool one. This one came from Mike. Mike and his wife Mariella are regular contributors to the podcast, and I love what he said here. He says, "I can't single out any one favorite moment or teaching." And then this is what really got me, this next sentence. Uh, It was the most impactful and meaningful study I have ever participated in. Now, we got this a couple of times, but because I know Mike and I know how long he's been a very deeply devoted follower of Jesus, uh, that just stood out as uh, a very highly regarded comment, and I'm really grateful for it. Uh, And then his last sentence here is, can we start all over and do it again? (laughs) He told me that on Sunday. So he's like, let's just flip around. Let's run it back. Let's do this thing again. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know that we can do that right now. We might need to take a breath. But Yeah. uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Another one that came in as an impactful moment for a lot of people uh, is summarized by what Cindy says. Cindy wrote that we visited the week Jason preached on suffering from Romans 8. So not sure how often Cindy visits, but she was here that week. So thanks. Shout out to you. So we visited when when Jason preached on suffering from Romans 8 using that amazing rope visual. We had certainly returned home after nine weeks in Scottsdale dealing with a husband's serious medical issue. That sermon spoke to to what we were living and was one of the most uh, impactful I've ever heard. We returned the next week to hear more and have now made Quad City our church home. So that's awesome. Um, So the, the rope picture of suffering that we used in Romans 8... Uh, it also pops up several times where people talk about seeing visually the our life on this earth tried to put in some sort of perspective when it relates to our eternity. And it, it came out of Romans 8, uh, starting in verse 18, where Paul writes, I consider that our present surf- suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So Paul takes this life and says, look, no matter how hard it is, and Paul's life is really, really, really hard, suffered a lot. He says, but when you lay it beside the gift of eternity and the glories that are to come, like it's nothing. It's nothing. And I think it's really behoove us all just to keep that 
that perspective. Life is going to be hard. There's no doubt. But we, but we look forward to eternity. This isn't heaven yet. That is. So we're going to suffer here. But the glory that is to come makes this, this suffering so minuscule. So I really appreciate uh, Cindy. And we are... We're sorry about your husband's serious medical issues. We hope that uh, God has grace for him and brings healing to that. Um, But grateful that you were here and that you got to see that uh, perspective and and pray that God continues to give you that perspective. Another one that uh, stood out, and this is really cool, uh, because part of this series, you know, we did an entire booklet. to go with it, to allow people to take notes, but also we we provided questions each week because what we know is we learn so much better in community. When our our thoughts are challenged by others and informed by others, and so uh, Scott, one of our life group leaders, uh, said, uh, what a blessing the past 40-plus Sunday messages have been for our family and life group. As leaders and facilitators in our life group, we have not run out of material to talk about. From baptism to government, from life in the flesh to walking in the spirit, we've had so much to talk about regarding things in the circle of faith and those outside. Thanks for being being willing to tackle uh, the hard things. Blessings to you all. Again, just a reminder of, uh, you know, there have been people, tons of groups who've met pretty consistently for these 40 weeks, talking each week about these topics and how much closer I'm sure they've been brought because of the tension of some of the things that we maybe disagreed with, you know, and being able to have a circle of faith to talk through that. I know personally for me, for the past 40 weeks, we've gotten together, us three, and then five or six more of us on staff and a couple other folks and talked through the weekly sermons. And it's been helpful and impactful for me. It's one of the other things that stood out. I'm a talk it out loud kind of guy. And so being able to do that with other people and to be challenged on my own beliefs and thoughts and uh, that community um, you know, that Wednesday morning time was super, I'm grateful for it. So uh, great to hear another life group leader kind of throw that out as well. Yeah, that's really, really good. This um, this one came from Lily and I thought it was really good. It, uh, it says, my big takeaway from the uh, study of Romans the past 10 plus months is this, what Jesus did for me on the cross. And it's as simple as that. And she goes into more detail, specifically citing the the message uh, where you expounded upon this idea of right peace with God, this mm. line that Paul uses, not, not the peace of God, but being at peace through what Jesus sacrificed on the cross, that we might have peace with God rather than being the rebel army against him. Yeah. Um, and just coming to that conclusion that it was only through the work of Jesus on the cross that actually accomplished that mission. So... Uh, that's that's huge. Yeah. Susan did a great job of summarizing. You know, we asked the question, or I mentioned yesterday, look, we have no idea if people are becoming better disciples of Jesus. We can track the more. It's hard to track the better unless you tell us. And, um, and Susan told us. And so I want to share her story just a little bit. This is so good. He's stealing yours, Brendan. Oh, no, I think I? he's doing the first one. Oh. Because I'm going to follow up with the second one. Okay. Which one are you? Okay. So Susan She writes, sent in two, so this is the first of the two. Great. She quotes again the Tim, Tim 
Keller quote. The gospel says you're more sinful and flawed than you dared believe, but more accepted and loved than you dared hope. She says that helped define my experience of the large iceberg that is Romans. Mm -hmm. And then she gives us how this has changed her life. And so I just want to share it. This is so great. She says, my faith has grown exponentially. I'm humbled by Jesus' gift of righteousness and grace, which I didn't earn and never will. Like She just summarizes the whole series here. So good. I have chosen to forgive as I have been forgiven, a process that will continue for the rest of my life as I fight not to sin. I gain clarity about how to be more Christ-like and how to love as Jesus does. My suffering is in perspective. As I understand God's timing, I am in gratitude for my trials and tribulations, for they bring for they bring me closer to God. I persevere in spite of my pain and fear. There is no salvation without perseverance, and there is no salvation without Jesus. As she quotes Keller again, religion says, I, ob- I obey, therefore I am accepted. But the gospel says, I'm accepted, therefore I obey. Mm. Jesus accepted me before I even uh, knew who he was. Jesus died for me while I was godless and a son of Adam. Like she's just pulling back all of this stuff that we talked about. I am more considerate and compassionate and loving as I understand what is essential and what is not. If I were to choose two words to describe what I gained from Romans, it would be, it would have to be love and obedience, both of which are intertwined to give me faith, hope, and love. Like that, Susan, yeah. you just preached the whole sermon. That was such a great summary of so many of these important points that Paul's making throughout the book of Romans. And we're grateful that God used it to impact your life as he did ours. Yeah, that's huge. I was going to close on this one, but uh, since it was you know the same person that just shared that, Susan also wrote in, uh, because what I thought we started here, right, with this idea from Sunday that you shared, we had over 100 people baptized throughout the course of the 10 months yeah. in this series. And Susan was one of those people. So here's what Susan also wrote. She said uh, she learned the um, uh, grace through faith in Jesus. I would never receive his grace without surrendering my life to him. Uh, this was never more real than when I heard Romans 6, four, uh, 1 through 14. During this service, when Jason asked, uh, how or are we doing what God asks? I felt felt the Holy Spirit grab my heart. I stood up and accepted the invitation to no longer be a slave, but to put my trust in him and to live in righteousness. I was baptized by immersion during that very service. So I just loved that kind of full circle moment of this is one of those, right, 103 people that were baptized and part of the story that was shared from the truth in Romans chapter six. And now really cool. She is part of CTO doing one-on-one discipleship. Uh, trying to live out and learn more about what it means to be obedient. So So again, it's like those next steps, right? Like, yeah, we can come, but then it's the life that continues, the faith, you know, obedience through faith uh, part that she's still trying to to walk in. Really, really cool, definitely. I love that too. It just made me think of right at the very beginning of the service, uh, this series, um, we were doing a little, little prep study and I was doing a little prep study and we were creating the bumper video for the whole service and that sort of thing. And part of the monologue for that video that we did was talking about the impact that the book of Romans has had on human history Mm -hmm. and how there are like 
dozens of theologians that would cite the book of Romans to be the single most impactful reading, the single most impactful text on their walk with Jesus. And I think our prayer from the very beginning is that that would continue, mm-hmm. right? And that we would be a part of that continuing in our local church. And I think this Susan is just a great example of yeah. how that is, is continuing. And again, there's obviously more than just the book of Romans. So we're excited to, to keep moving forward in that, that path of obedience. Uh, Lindsay shared, said all of it. Uh, the bad was convicting and humbling, the good encouraged and confirmed. I don't remember the exact section, but the to-dos, the warnings, were also rooted in love that's so understandable. And that's why I love this statement. I am bolder in my next steps with whomever I run across. Run across. I'm much more open to do what the Holy Spirit wants to say to me, good or instructional. I'm so thankful and grateful for this church-wide commitment to read and study in depth Romans. Thrilled to see his kingdom grow as a result of this commitment. And there's a ton of people. The first off, love that she's like, man, now I want the Holy Spirit to use me, uh, to push me. But there was a ton of people, man, who shouted out in here, obviously, Jason, you. And I think it was because of the humility that you were like, I, I didn't want to ever do this. Um, I'm not looking forward to this series because it is so divisive, but so many people are so grateful for you and how you teach and walking line by line through this thing and just being willing to do that hard thing, even out of, right? And so I think it's that heart posture of humility. Um, That's what people saw, right? I think we saw each week for 40 weeks, you know, I think you probably did 30 of them or maybe 35, like, you wrestled with the text just as much as we did. Like, I don't know if you, you know, and again, I know some of the behind the scenes stuff, but that you came to new conclusions or saw new things, you know, which is so humbling, right? If you, I mean, it's not like you just started teaching. Right. You've been doing this for a while, man. And so to even see how God used you and grew you, it, like it was evident, right? Um, and just how you taught. I think it's what people said. So there's a ton of shout outs. So I didn't want to, I don't want to miss those. So I think it's a big deal. Um, I want to go to Eric. So Eric, I really appreciated his comment. He goes way back. This may be one of the way back. He goes all the way back to Romans chapter two. And so that was almost 10 months ago when we asked him what's most impactful. That was what he wrote down. So he quotes, uh, He mentions Romans chapter 2, verse 1. So when we said, hey, what was most impactful? He said this. This is Romans 2, 1. Paul wrote, you, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same thing. So Eric wrote Romans 2, 1. He said, I learned how to not pass judgment on others because of the degree of my my own human heart is depraved. This is evident by looking at the list of sinful acts at the end of chapter one. I'm guilty of all of them. Remembering also how we learned in an earlier series that selfish ambition was included in the middle of the list of what most consider the horrific sins of Galatians 5, 19 through 21. We are all continuously guilty of selfish ambition and we re- uh, we, when we really think about it. Having seen how depraved my heart really is, I now realize how much more grace is really offered to me by the sacrifice of Jesus. Like this, again, 
exactly what we hope for people, that James talks about how the Word is like a mirror, and it we look into it, and it reveals who we really are, and that makes us appreciate so much more how great the grace of Jesus truly is. So, uh, thank you, Eric, for going all the way back to chapter 2 and the list of terrible sins that we all have, um, and I concur with you uh, that I'm probably almost all of them. So thanks for <laughs> reminding us of that. That's really good. Here's the the last one that I wanted to share. Um, it came from Fred. It was just the section uh, where Paul talks about his longing for the rest of Israel uh, struck a very deep chord with me. Um, I'm, I always think about my family and how far from the truth they are. And I just like the, the thought that came from that section of text was the motivation for us to go make more disciples. Like it was the thing that hopefully could help motivate us to share the gospel because we do believe that it is for everyone. Like it's not just this exclusive group of people who get to take advantage of, of this great gift. It's something that we can share and spread to everyone. So I love that idea. So just to put a little bit more context on that one, Fred is Jewish. Mm-hmm. So when we're hmm. looking at Romans chapter 9 and Paul says, uh, my heart breaks, I would cash in my own salvation for my people, the Jewish people. I walked out of that message and I see Fred. And Fred is one of those who has deep Jewish roots. And when he knows that when he when Paul's talking about these Jewish people who've rejected Jesus as Messiah, it's not nameless, faceless people for Fred. These are his friends, his family. He's got sons and daughters and brothers and sisters and cousins. And I mean, they, these are his people too. And and his heart being broken with them. Um, so I just think it's so powerful to see that every week. And we, like I said, we've got three or four. Of those that I know of, there's probably more that I don't. Uh, four or five of Jewish people from Jewish uh, roots who attend our church and follow and love Jesus. So I think what Fred shared is true for all of them. Like it's it's real. They have real names and faces. Definitely. Uh, last one I'll share, and then Jason, you can finish it out. Um, was from Melody, and she talks too about the disputable and indisputable. But I love it that she framed it in like in her home, that her husband and daughter both um, have been able to have conversations with people on the other side. Um, and she kind of shares the example, but at the end, she just said there's something very powerful about speaking God's word to each other in these real life experiences. Like, the indisputable disputable was not just more knowledge for us to have. It was actually meant to be used for us as a way in which we interact with people, believers and non-believers sometimes, but especially believers, those inside our church. And she says, I loved every minute of it. Thank you for nurturing discipleship uh, through this series. So she's real passionate. I know she does CTO and she leads our women's stuff. She's just, a, she does kids. She was here for kids week, but like she's super passionate about becoming a better disciple of Jesus. And so, and I just love that she said, this is what our family is trying to implement, like in their home. 
like these differing viewpoints, like how do we actually take the word of God and apply it to our life? Because that's what it means to be a disciple, not just to have more uh, information. Uh, so, uh, and just, she kind of just talked about that it's on us as the believers, those who are strong in our faith. And so I just appreciate her uh, being willing to share that and talk about how it has impacted her family and those conversations. So really, really cool. Let me wrap up with a couple. I've got two, and I think they're pretty quick. Um, Gary wrote, I have become much more specific slash intentional towards repentance. Like if we're going to... It's the one so good you say it twice. (laughs) What, we already did that one? Yeah. Did I miss it? (laughs) It was me at the very beginning. That's okay. Say it again. Say it again. It's a good good. one. Thanks, Gary. It's a good one. Instead of a weak prayer... Of I had a bad day and said some things that started a very specific person specific reflection that actually takes uh, that actually makes my heart ache for causing pain. So I just love again that just step of obedience that I'm going to do this very hard thing and repent over and over again. I'll end with this one. So Les said this. Les said this series was without a doubt the best church study I've been to in my 60 years of attending church. Thanks, Les. The timing with what we are experiencing in today's world was Holy Spirit inspired. And then he ends with this. Thank you, Quad City, for taking a risk in doing so. And so that's the point I wanted to make. I just wanted to say thank you with Les for going on this journey with us. Like this is a... It was a no doubt a monumental task. Many of you came from churches that did four-week, six-week, eight-week series, and that was long. And when we stood up and said, this is going to be 44 weeks or whatever the thing was, it was like, oh, what are we doing? We didn't even tell people in the beginning because we didn't know. (laughs) We didn't know. We didn't really know how long it was going to be. That is true. But it is a huge... There's so many people in our world who say, oh, church, you just can't do it. People lose interest. And you guys have proved them wrong. Like our church has grown, um, not just with people, but the kingdom's grown through baptisms. We're seeing families grow. And I just want to say thank you, Quad City, for taking this risk with us, taking this journey with us. Uh, Obviously, we wouldn't be able to do this as a team. Um, if you guys didn't join us. So I uh, just want to say thanks. Yeah, that's huge. I feel like if churches had Yelp reviews, that would be like our number one Yelp review. That was a huge compliment. <laughs> that is a that is a huge compliment. Yeah. But I I look at it, it's a compliment to our church. It's yeah. not just a compliment to our oh, team. Oh, for sure. Yeah, our, our, our team did a great job, but it was our church that longed for it. And again, like you said, I was going to end with Mike Hastings. Hey, let's yeah. run it back. Let's yeah. do this thing yeah. again. Uh, but that just speaks to the depth of our church wanting to know and yeah. love Jesus. Uh, I run it back. You know, it's like when you're playing pickup and you've played a couple games and you sit out a game. and then He you didn't really... actually say run it back. That was my yeah, no, verbiage, that's what I'm just, yeah. but it is it, a basketball term. And you're stiff and it's like, oh, I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, we may need a 
We may need a rest point. We need to take I a only, break. I only run it back when I lose because I don't want to. I don't want to lose <laughs> and on a bad note. <laughs> that is true. Got to run it back. <laughs> I, that is true. I think we leave on a high note. Yeah, right? definitely. Uh, here's uh, speaking of just kind of sermon series, and this one I thought was really funny. Uh, the the answer to the question is just we enjoy the teachings on Romans, and then shift gears. Josh mentioned uh, that we're starting a new series in a week, but didn't say what it's going to be. I was in the first service. Maybe you just forgot to let us know, Josh. But could you tell us what that next uh, series is going to be studying? This is from Teresa. So you want to dig into this at all? Sure, I'll shout it Let's out. Do it. We're going to be doing a sermon series on the spiritual discipline. So uh, it will not be an exegetical series. So we, we're going to take a breath from the exegetical, but we're going to get really, really practical as we think through the summer about how do we actually develop habits that put us in a position to be changed by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to address some spiritual disciplines, uh, everything from what it means to uh, take in the Word of God, to prayer, to fasting. Um, So a lot of the spiritual disciplines that have been passed down to us from the very first fathers of faith, fathers and mothers of faith, that we're going to talk about again. Uh, Because again, most of ministry is reminding. Chances are there'll be nothing new, but it'll be in uh, I hope some encouraging things for uh, all of us to put into practice over the next few months. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all of the ways that we see biblically that we get to engage with God as his people. Yep. Like I, that's what the, the one-liner that stood out to me as we were talking about the series is like, these are the ways that like, we all say we want a closer relationship to God. We all say we want to we hear the word of God. We want to see him move in our lives. These are the actual ways that we get to practically, from a biblical perspective, engage with God as his people. So we're going to take seven weeks. Is it seven or yeah. seven mm-hmm. weeks? Yeah, eight, about, uh, yeah, eight weeks. Yeah. I, I just wanted to kind of piggyback off the, yeah, this isn't an exegetical walk through the a book of the Bible, but like we're still going to preach the word, y'all. Oh, uh, for sure. Like, There's going to be a lot of scripture. There, yeah, so we're still going to teach you scripture. You're yeah. still. You may have to flip more though, because we're not just yeah. going to be in Romans. That's right. So you better have those Bible fingers ready to go That's to right. different passages. But we are still going to teach the word of God because, again, we see these practices actually yeah. in scripture. Like scripture uh, teaches us these things. That's why the early church adopted them and did them yep. and have practiced them for so long. So again, it's a little different than Romans, but it's still yeah. at the core of who we are. Absolutely. And it's really hard. Yeah. So we're not like letting you off the hook this summer. Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be an easy breezy summer. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. If, so if you're hearing that, oh, good, we're not in the next identical series, so I can kind of check out a little bit. That's no, not it. Not, it's uh, not what we're doing. In fact, a little peek behind the scenes, we all three of us got to um, sit and hear every single message that was going to be preached with the exception of one, because we had one guy that wasn't here. Uh, So we got to hear them and they're good and they're convicting and they're compelling. And I think they're going to really help our church take a step forward when it comes to engaging with God. hundred percent. Really looking forward to it. That's going to be fun. Awesome. Any final words on this series through the Roka Romans guys? Oh, what's going on with the podcast? What are we doing with this thing? I don't know. That's a you question. (laughs) Hey, Brendan, what are we doing with the podcast? Aren't we, we're going to take a breakthrough uh, variety pack. We are. And then I think we're picking back up in August, right? Yep. 
Yeah, so we've got a series we're rolling. We'll we'll roll out in August, like the second week of August, if I remember right. That we're really, really excited about is a fall kickoff thing. It's yeah. going to be a whole initiative that our church is going to be fired up about moving through over the course of this next season uh, as a church, and we're going to kick the podcast back off with that. So it will no longer be called the Gospel for Everyone podcast. But because we saw such a value in doing this for the series that we just went through through the Book of Romans, we're actually going to continue to do it as we start our fall kickoff series. So do we have a rebranding yet? Because we'll have to rebrand. No, now, it's now the gospel for everyone because we're in Romans. But. I thought about like the Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> it's like the you watch tape after the sermon and we just poke holes in the tape. So um, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find something and we'll be talking about it a lot more as we But approach. it will stay on this feed. So if somebody is subscribed to the podcast? No, that's wrong. Okay. So that's it will, what I'm, well, it it more of a, a question. It will be a quad city podcast. So like this one, we've got the gospel for everyone podcast. We also have what we just call the quad city podcast, Correct. which are the sermons, sermons from yep. Sunday, which you can subscribe to separately, but it's all under that same quad city umbrella. Uh, this, this new show will be one of those as well. So as we get closer, uh, we'll, Show the graphic, give the name, make sure everyone's ready and subscribe I wonder, to it a few weeks. I wonder out. if we can't just do season two. You could, but then the name change gets a little funky. Oh, and because we've got all the intros and outros saying the gospel for everyone podcast in the first season, mm. and then that would totally change in the second season. So, um, but it'll be really easy to find because if you search Quad City, even now the gospel for everyone podcast shows up because it's a podcast by Quad City Christian Church. Gotcha. So, uh, we'll make sure it's easy to find and name something that makes sense for for the continued you know follow up podcast to be able to answer any questions because again like we said we saw a lot of value in this yeah. a couple of the comments we didn't get to were about even just like the banter and being able to get to know us a little bit better yeah. there were a couple of messages that were sent in uh, this past week about that stuff so I think we all see a lot of value in us continuing to do this so yeah so thanks plan. for you four or 500 people who listen each and every week. Yeah. And, you know, I know some of you have not missed, I just as people hadn't missed church, I know people have said, I didn't miss a single podcast. That's awesome. And so it means a lot. And there are, you know, a lot of people come up to us on Sunday and are like, man, I love what you said, or that was so funny when you said that. And so um, grateful for you guys plugging away, wanting to know more and learning. I think as pastors, always awesome when people are hungry mm. to want to know God more. And so, I, again, there's this belief that that's not what people want. That's uh, not what church folks want. I'm just like, well, now you're not a quad city, man. Right. I, we can't give enough. <laughs> like, right. yeah. they're ready for it. So, just grateful for that. Grateful for those of you who share this thing and save it and send people to it. Yeah. Um, so, really grateful for the way you've, you've engaged on the podcast. Yeah. Let's keep momentum moving in the fall. All right, guys. Well, we'll, uh, we'll take a few weeks off and see you all real soon. Well, it is with a sad heart that we put a bow on the very last ever episode of the Gospel for Everyone podcast. I can't tell you how grateful that we are as a team that you've engaged in this way with us over the course of the last 10 weeks. We know that these conversations for many have been really crucial in being able to apply the Word of God in our lives in the way that we know we should be. 
The great news, like we just mentioned, is that a show very similar to this is going to continue with our fall series in the middle of August. As we get closer to that, be on the lookout for new episodes dropping weekly as a follow-up to our Sunday messages. And our hope is that as long as we have a continued engagement with this podcast, we're just going to continue to do that. Like for every series, we want to make sure that we're resourcing our church in a way that is most helpful and being able to answer any questions that may arise. We hope, though, that you would continue to engage with us throughout the course of our summer series called Variety Pack. Like we just mentioned, Variety Pack is a series where we're diving into the spiritual disciplines, all of the ways that we know how we get to engage with our God. We think it's going to be a great series, and it's really going to be practical in helping us develop some of these disciplines, so we hope to see you join us then. Well, thanks again. We hope you have a great week and we will see you back on this podcast in the fall.